All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, very excited to be talking to an individual set to compete at BYB 21, and that goes down on October 21st. And with that, we got that BYB championship on the line, that heavyweight gold, very coveted, as DJ Linderman steps into that mighty trigon to take on Rashad Coulter and great heaven Rashad on the show. How's everything going, man? You having a solid camp and everything leading into this one? Yeah, man, um, everything is going good, man. Um, I got a good group of guys around me. We got a great game plan. Everything is going wonderful. Yeah, and I'm curious to, I guess, hear you expound upon that a bit more. Like, who would you, I guess, credit as that great group of guys around you for this one? Uh, for sure, man. I, I, of course, it's always my boxing coach, Nathan Pipitone. And I got another coach, uh, uh, Diara Bryant. Um, I got some really good sparring partners. Uh, I spar a lot with my boy Greg Hardy, a uh, big 320-pound, massive human being. Uh, I got another uh, another guy, Adrian Taylor, um, who's a world-class boxer. And, um, yeah, man, uh, we we get some good rounds in, man. But my boxing coach, Nathan Pipitone, Tony Mack, and D.R. Bryant, those are the three guys that are responsible for the game plan. Yeah, I just love seeing all of it come together, and I would think that you would as well. I mean, I mentioned the heavyweight title component, which is obviously exciting, but doing it in front of the hometown, I think, would be doubly sweet. A hundred percent, man. Um, my family showed up big the last time I was in Rocky Hill, South Carolina, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to another big crowd. Um, There's just more of the motivation for me, man, because uh, I know for a fact uh, DJ is a very, uh, very seasoned vet. Uh, he's got some little tricks up his sleeve. He's a tough, durable dude, man. It's hard, hard, hard to finish. Um, but, you know, just being in uh, not too far from my hometown, uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And, man, I've been grinding. I'm ready to bring that belt back home. Yeah, for sure. And I did want to get more into the specifics of <clears throat> like what DJ brings to the table as you were kind of touching on there. But I feel like I'd be remiss if I, you know, didn't touch on the fact that you, you know, pretty much called the shot there. Like you called for it in the post-fight interview in the Mighty Trigon and all that. Like when did you, I guess, officially get word that this was the next like locked-in fight? Yeah, man. Um, not too long ago, you know, uh, I did call my shot back in May. Um, but I called my shot not as like disrespecting him. But I called my shot because I knew he had the belt. Uh, he's a very tough and very game opponent. Um, at that time, you know, he was um, the best heavyweight on the BYB roster. And I only thought it was necessary uh, for me to test myself against the best and against the champ. And uh, when I called him out, uh, like I said, it, it, he, it's, not a, it's not about DJ. It's not about disrespecting him as a fighter because I got all the respect for him. It's just that uh, if I'm going to be doing this, I'm not doing this just to be a crowd pleaser. I'm doing it for the strap. I'm doing it to be a champion. And DJ just so happens to uh, have the belt. It doesn't matter who it was. It could have been it could have been anybody. Whoever had the belt, it could have it could have been them. I just wanted what they have and I feel like it's my time, man. Yeah, and that was the impression I got, too. Like, just like a more, like, momentum-minded, like, goal-oriented kind of thing. I mean, you're 2-0 at this point, too. Impressive first-round finishes, so the title shot made sense in my estimation. Yes. Yes, 
uh, my first fight was a little, uh, a little weird. You know, the guy that I fought, he, you know, he, he, he was, I don't know what, he just quit. Um, it's not like I just really knocked him out. Um, but I think that he saw once I weathered the storm and that was my first bare knuckle, uh, fight, which was kind of new to me. And, uh, and I was trying to figure some things out. But when you go back and watch the fight, um, I hit him with two body shots. And when I hit him with those two body shots, immediately he folded it over. Like we was in a clinch and I hit him with two left hands to the body. Um, and then the next fight was uh, when I fought uh, my last opponent. Uh, you know, of course, he came out like a madman, like I knew he would. Very game opponent, wasn't scared to throw. Um, I just had to be very cautious and make sure I didn't get caught with nothing wild and keep my defense. And I, I just happened to be more precise. And I knew that once I hit him the first time and once I dropped him, um, I looked at the ref and I could just see. I was like, hey, man, yeah, man, save him, bro. Like, he doesn't want to continue to fight because I think he realized, like, uh-oh, like, man, like, this dude is weathering the storm and – um and it just so happened to be that, you know, I got the three knockdowns and, and he wasn't able to continue. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, I'm trying to find a way to articulate this question, I guess, because it felt like after the debut fight there, there was, I mean, a level of closure on your end. Like you're like, oh, I just got the finish. But like your opponent was, I guess, disputing some aspects of it. Like, was there almost a more like clean component to the last fight? Like, I don't want to say, maybe closure is not the right word, but is, is it a more like, I guess, clean kind of performance and as far as like just, yeah, emphatic finish and it's not, you know, the other side attempting to kind of shroud it in maybe a certain level of controversy. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, it does. Make, it makes perfect sense. Uh, 100%, man. Like, I even gave that dude uh, the opportunity to be my next fight. I offered him a rematch. Um, I offered him a re rematch in the ring. I offered him a rematch in the back. He said he, he didn't respond. He just shook his head. And when we were leaving the arena, I saw them outside, him and his whole team. And I offered him a rematch. He was like, man, if you really feel like there was something malicious or dirty done, hey, bro, we can run it back. It doesn't matter. But the thing with him was uh, when you go back and watch the fight, first he said I poked him in the eye. Um, then he was holding the back of his head like I hit him in the back of the head. And then when he went down on his knee um, from the body shots, he was trying to say that I hit him while his knee was down. And it was a whole lot of controversy, man. And I thought I was saying, hey, man, let, let's just go ahead while we're here. Let's watch the replay. And I want the crowd and I want the people while I'm standing right here to let me know if I, if I was wrong. Let me know what you guys saw. And I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that they tried to uh, – put a, a, a stain on my win and I was hoping for a more um, dominant finish my last fight but hey man you take it how you get it you know and um, for me I landed the cleaner shots I landed the shots that mattered on my second fight and uh, there was no controversy there and I mean it seemed like a great you know performance to have just considering your opponent had also previously contended for you know, that BYB title. And I thought it was cool that Tony Lopez and Jordan Mitchell was actually the first BYB fight you'd seen. So some cool connectivity there, in a sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Tony Lopez is a vet, bro. He was on that uh, D- uh, Dubai car. I mean, the dude's tough. And uh, you know, him and him and him and Tony went what three rounds, four rounds, something like that. So that I mean, that just speaks to his toughness. You know, tell everybody knows Tony has over 100 fights. He's a vet in the game. And this dude went three, four rounds with with uh, with Tony Lopez, and you know, I got him out of there and won. So. And kind of going back to something we were talking about before, like you were talking about, you know, the durability of Linderman and obviously a guy who's been in the game for a while now, the champion now and competed at that, you know, first like BKFC event. So definitely like a lot of, you know, combat sports experience overall. Like you mentioned some of the, I guess, variables before, like what would you say your thoughts are on maybe some of his better stylistic attributes and just overall resume heading into this? Man, um... Man, that dude has fought some of the who's who's, man. Um, he's he's battle tested, to be honest. Like there, there's no debating uh, DJ Linderman's resume. Um, he has a very awkward style. Uh, he moves very well um, to be a heavyweight. He, um, you know, he doesn't take a lot of steps backwards. And he also likes to throw, and he doesn't mind seeing his own blood. So, um, for me, the mental aspect coming into this game is, man, I know this dude's been there with some of the world's toughest men. Um, And, you know, everybody says the cliche thing, well, he ain't been in there with me. Man, I get all that, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, we gonna see uh, who who's tougher we're gonna see it's not to me it's not even about being tough to be honest um we're just gonna see whose skill set prevails and that when it's all said and done I, I like dj he's somebody that i've been watching even before i even had my first fight i was watching dj linderman and uh, i think this is just gonna come down to who, who has better skill and no knock to him I think that he's durable, he's tough, and he, he's very creative. But I just think um, my fight IQ and my my skill level um, is is better than his. And kind of referencing an interview I saw you did with Aaron Tohill, like you were really talking about like the fight IQ-minded and strategy aspects of it, just like the importance of footwork and everything in the trigon. And this is an interesting fight too because you strike me as a guy that's like, incrementally gathering more knowledge but also technique fight to fight so it'll be interesting to see you know what your approach will be heading into this third fight maybe as compared to what you've done for your previous couple yeah um listen man for me we're prepared for everything and um uh the trigon is very small um it's very small but you still have a lot of room to move and the thing with DJ is I'm expecting him to uh, come out and come forward. Um, you know, he's been having some words. I've been very quiet on social media, but he's been having some words back and forth with uh, my guy, Eric Olsen. And uh, Eric is very verbal. And he's <laughs> been telling him how I'm going to beat him. And yeah, I, I, Eric's been talking, talking, man, for me. And I just sit back and I just watch them two go at it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that DJ is really, really taking that to heart. And um, I think he's really visualizing me as Eric. And I think that he's um, he's looking forward to, 
prepared for DJ to make this an absolute dog fight. But like I said, the fight IQ, are you able to adapt during the fight? And we all know the famous saying, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Like we all have a game plan. DJ has a serious game plan. He has a good team putting together a game plan for me and they have something that they think is going to work for me. But it's my job when I get in there to refute everything that they thought they saw about me. And it's at that point, my fight IQ will kick in and I will be the one that is going to figure him out before he has an answer for me. And this is another question I'm trying to find a way to articulate because it's kind of funny. Like you talk about not wanting to get into the social media banter with Linderman as much. And even in the previous example, talking about the debut fight where you seem like very understanding and composed and just kind of like, oh, hey, if you guys felt like something bad happened, like we can run it back. Like it seems like you're a very composed, measured kind of guy. Like how much of that do you think, I guess, is like a variable that works in your favor competing in a sport that, you know, can, I would think, create very heightened emotions, I would think. Yeah, man, um, even even in the street, man, you know, a lot of guys, they treat this sport like it's a street fight. It's not a street fight. And I think a lot of people, uh, because we're fighters and because we're, um, you know, we're portrayed as, as violent individuals that everyone has to play the part. And I'm not with playing the part. I'm not with um, acting like something that I'm not. Like, fighting is something that I was blessed to do. Fighting is something that I enjoy doing. Fighting is an art. And because it is an art, that doesn't mean that I have to hate you or dislike you or talk about your mama, your wife, your kids uh, to get in there and want to cause you some bodily harm. I literally am a person who is like, you know what? Let's test our skills. Like, if you beat me, you beat me. If I win, I win, but this is a sport, and I and I love that aspect about it. And I'm not big on um, saying what I'm gonna do. This is because you you have no idea. Like I can I can I can say, hey man, uh, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna walk through DJ, and I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. But come fight night, you know he's a southpaw. I'm I'm orthodox. I might throw a punch and step on his lead foot and roll my ankle or something. And then now what? Now that whole game plan has gone out the window. So you can't talk about and predict what you're going to do. Only thing you can do is get out there and, you know, do what you've been trained to do and adapt as the fight goes along. And I plan on adapting every single round. And it's interesting. I mean, adaptability, I feel like, is something we've talked about a bit in this conversation i'm wondering like are you someone who's like visualizing a certain outcome manifesting in this one or maybe like we're talking about and like you kind of said they're like staying fluid and open to whatever could happen and adapting for sure bro um i don't really i don't predict fights like a young fighter um you know predicts fights i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna do this i'm gonna knock this person out but how i visualize this fight going is Dude, I, I visualize this fight just being, uh, uh, honestly, man, not not even not even a war, to be honest, because I feel like uh, 
going to brawl. If you allow him to stay on the outside, he's going to stay on the outside. But the way that I really, really visualize this uh, fight going is just a very uh, strategic battle. And it's going to be who's going to impose whose will first and who is going to stop the other person uh, from allowing them to do what they thought they were going to do. And when I look at DJ, man, I just, I know he's a game opponent and he's, he's coming and he's coming with a strategy. Um, but everybody has seen me fight. Um, I can fight on the outside. I can box you up. Or I'm very comfortable with you. I've done very comfortable with fighting on the inside. And I just think that, you know, it's a strategy for both. And my strategy is don't let him hit me. And obviously, you have a tremendous amount of experience in a few combat sports, a UFC veteran and experiences in glove boxing and Muay Thai. And I ask this, obviously, not to overlook the task in front of you, but entertaining you get your ideal outcome here. Like, how much of, I guess, like a capstone, like, memorable achievement would it be capturing this BYB heavyweight title for you? Man, it's going to be great, man. Like, um, I'm thankful for BYB. I'm thankful that they give me the opportunity um, to be a part of this show and actually fight for their championship. Uh, it's a belt. It's a world championship belt. Um, and I'm very thankful, man, that I actually still have the ability to do it at my age and that people are still willing to put UFC veterans on a card. Um, but it, it ranked very high for me. And, and, and yes, the belt ranks very high for me, but also I believe that, you know, it's cool being able to um, fight people that you saw before you even thought about fighting. And that's what it was with DJ. I saw DJ before I even walked into a gym, and now I'm fighting this guy. So he has a ton more experience than me, and this is just a good gauge for me to see, hey, man, how much have you learned in this short span that you've been training to fight? Yeah, I mean, that adds a really cool detail to this. Like, I thought it was an exciting fight, just knowing what you guys bring to the table, but that little detail definitely adds something extra to it, I think. Like, the whole, like, idols become your rivals kind of thing, almost. Like, yeah, I love that, man. Very exciting fight, and definitely stoked for it. But I do want to be mindful of your time and schedule, Rashad. I mean, you're giving some great insights, but I'm curious if maybe there's like any final parting thought you'd want to add as we're wrapping up, though. Man, um, man I just thank you for having me, man. I just thanks for uh, having me on the show. It means a lot. Um, I'm thankful for my team, my family, everybody that believes in me, all my training partners. And, um, man, come out uh, October 21st or tune in October 21st, uh, I guarantee you it, it's going to be uh, some fireworks. And at the end of the day, my hand will be raised and I will be the new BYB uh, World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, I was definitely excited for BYB 21 before talking to you, but you're definitely firing me up that much more, Rashad. But to reiterate, thank you for the time and coming on, man, and just have a good rest of your day. Looking forward to checking out this fight when it goes down soon. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me, having me, man. It means a lot. Thank you. All right. On this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, excited to be talking to an individual who defends his heavyweight championship at BYB 21 
and that goes down on October the 21st. We've got Rashad Coulter entering that BYB Extreme Mighty Trigon and throwing knuckles with DJ Linderman, who is defending his title and is returning to the show. How's your day going so far, DJ? It's going good. Just got off work, uh, doing some concrete and stuff, and uh, I, was, I seen I had, I had a warning because I had a podcast uh, interview today, and I was like, oh, had to j- jump out and run down to the gym real quick for the interview and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, I appreciate you making some time to, you know, talk amid a busy day and everything like that, man. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Just train, training's been going good, so everything's uh, going, going on the schedule. And I imagine you'd be excited returning after close to a year or so outside of the Trigon. Like, how excited are you to, I guess, be returning to the fold? And Definitely excited, man. I'm definitely excited to get back in there. This is way too long to be away from the ring, you know, uh, from the Trigon. Um, I was hoping to hit the Dubai uh, card. Um, we were set up to do that. And then um, my ID and my Social Security card actually um, had an extra E in it. And so they wouldn't renew my passport. And so we had to cancel that about. Um, I, w- I was supposed to fight out there, so um, I, it's a long time coming right now. So I'm anxious to get in there, but uh, I'm getting the right camp in right now, and I haven't had a camp like this in a long time. Yeah, like what about this camp, I guess, differs from some of the previous ones? Like you seem excited about the preparation leading into this one. Uh, work, working a lot with my head coach that I've had for 17 years. Uh, we haven't had a lot of one-on-one in the last few camps or last few fights. Um, he's been busy with his career. Uh, I've been busy with mine and work and at working out of state. And so now we're able to work, you know, five days a week with each other. And it's, it's you're going to see a big difference just from the last fight. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, obviously you've gotten in great work at a few different spaces with some great people over the years, like do something athletics and with Uriah Faber at Ultimate Fitness. So just to say it speaks volumes that this camp is like one that, you know, you got such great work in and speak so highly of. Yeah, definitely. When me and um, my coach, Tommy Davis, we get together, uh, I'm always on point. Um, more than I've, I'm, I'm, I am when I, I go out to other camps. And I enjoy going out to other camps and getting working with, with them. But with my coach, you know, the one that's been there for so long, um, I know I'm getting the, the training in I need to have um, going into this fight. Yeah, I mean, I love hearing that, and I know I know some fighters put stock in this, some fighters don't necessarily, but just this being the first title defense, like, is this an especially, like, meaningful situation, like, in as far as, like, some people have that idea, I think it was Matt Hughes back in the day, who's like, you gotta get that first defense to kind of really, like, underscore the champ status, like, do you feel that way, or, like, what's your thought heading into this one? Oh, yeah, definitely, you're not, you know... You're your paper champ until you defend that title, you know. Like and, and until that day comes, like yeah, I hold the belt. But uh, when when I have my hand raised and they say I, I have defended that title, you, you you can call me the champ. Yeah, I get what you're laying down, and just uh, 
yeah, very interesting situation. Like, it's exciting to hear you, I guess, like, you know, talk about how we're going to see, like, a totally new version of yourself in the bare knuckle space because you're someone who's been involved in the sport for quite a while now. I mean, you were on that inaugural BKFC1 card and you put in some great consecutive performances in BYB now. So that's really interesting. Like, what kind of, like, aspects of growth within your bare knuckle game have you really noticed? Because, like I said, you've been on the circuit for a while now. Uh, just uh, my, just my, uh, um, uh, my cardio wise, um, it's it's gaining a whole lot better. I, I have better timing um, with the fights, like knowing my my time with these fights, the the ring, knowing the inside uh, of the trigon is a big deal. I've had two fights in it now, knowing where to be, where I could turn. You know, working those working those steps. Um, I, I I use this string here. I, I cut it off with a, one of the battle ropes, and I'll turn it into the trigon as if I'm working a trigon. You know, so it's like you you'll see it look like I've been in a, in the trigon the whole time training for it um, when I get there. That's really interesting. You were actually reading my mind because I was going to ask if you kind of create your own version of the trigon for preparation. So it's cool that you're doing that. I would think that that makes it, you know, that much more familiar. Like, is this something you've been doing, I guess, for maybe all of your BYB fights so far? Or is this like a newer kind of thing you've added to the camp? Uh, I, I tried it. I, I, I started doing it um, with the Lopez, definitely with the Lopez fight. Um, but uh, we're doing it more and more with this and getting in more, more rounds and put, putting a lot more conditioning in with the fight. Like, I know I could take a punch and, and stuff like that. It's uh, pushing. You know, we're two heavyweights. We're going to be, you know, putting weight on each other. So I got to be well conditioned for this fight. And, you know, he's an athlete. I, I know Coulter's an athlete, so he's going to be well conditioned coming into this fight. He's been down to the lower weights. He's been to the upper weights. So, you know, I, I know he's kind of coming uh, ready to go. And kind of like expounding upon that a bit more, just on the topic of Rashad Coulter, like curious to, I guess, get your thoughts on this individual, because obviously experiences in some other combat sports, a UFC vet with Muay Thai and glove boxing experience, but also now 2-0 and in bare knuckle with back-to-back first round finishes like I guess I'm curious to get your thoughts on maybe some of you know Rashad Coulter's better I guess like stylistic attributes and just your thoughts on his resume overall um his resume really it, it, it isn't big for me like I watched both the fights he 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 won really on in technicality those guys put on themselves in those fights that that fight over there in Dubai um that fight there, uh, the whole back of the head thing, and then uh, the arm getting hurt, you know, like, uh, of his opponent, like, I feel like he's going to think I'm going to be one of them, and he's going to underestimate me. Um, he may be an athlete, um, but I'm a fighter, and he's going he's gonna to come straight up against a fighter, and he, he hasn't met one of those yet in the bare knuckle. That's kind of interesting. So I was talking to him a bit earlier, and he was really praising you for how experienced and 
tough you are, but I think his big variable he was saying was he thinks like the fight IQ will be the big variable in this one. But from what I can tell, it seems like you think the big variable is your toughness and ability to impose your will. Like, is that a fair way to characterize that? And do you think that'll be your big difference maker in this one? Yeah, I'm well-versed around a ring, you know, either a cage or a ring. And I know how to read um, guys out. And I've been doing it a lot longer. And it's in a show in this fight with Rashad. Yeah, for sure. And a very exciting fight. And I don't want to, like, divert attention from it, per se. But it seemed like at one point there was some discourse about maybe getting a fight with Dada. 5,000 going on like what happened with all that there well uh when the, when the day comes we'll make that fight happen um we, we were waiting for the athletic commission of texas to release him from his uh suspension um that he had when he fought kimbo slice they still haven't released him from that and uh we're we're waiting for that time to happen um he's went through all the medical things he needed to to do so and uh it's just a matter of time yeah like is it just one of those things where like it's pending on like the texas commission kind of giving that approval and then the other commissions will kind of be like oh okay like fair enough is that sort of the dynamic i guess yeah 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 exactly like as soon as the athletic commission of texas gives the approval the other commissions you know are, are right behind Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I guess, I mean, it's kind of curious because you were talking before about like, I mean, your opponent's quality of opposition, perhaps like, do you think that, you know, in your experiences fighting Josh Burns and Tony Lopez so far, and obviously you fought Arnold Adams, like, do you feel like your resume in BKFC is maybe like a bit heavier than his is or more impressive or however you want to phrase that thought? Definitely. Like the, the, the two he fought prior to me, um, the, the, those two guys were, you know, those were brawlers coming in to fight. Like, they weren't ver real versed in the fight game at all. Like, it don't matter which side of it, if you're on the, fighting in a cage or fighting in a ring, they, those, those guys were just brawlers coming in. And my IQ of coming in here, you know, with a big fight IQ, it, it's going to play a big difference. And he, he's going to see that. And he knows that. That's one thing he has to has to know in the back of his head that I'm going to read him the whole time. And I know some fighters will kind of practice like visualization and maybe have like, you know, predominant visualization, a certain idea of how the fight is going to end in their estimation. Like, are you someone who does a lot of visualization? And if so, do you have a certain one that maybe keeps popping up in as far as how this Coulter fight could end? Uh... The Coulter fight, I, I'm ta I know he, he he's never took any of his fights in deep water. So uh, I, I visualize us going in third through the fifth, third through the sixth, you know. Um, and that's why I feel he's going to be weak. And I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, definitely was excited for this fight before talking to you, but definitely you know, more fired up after talking to you and, I mean, talking to Rashad earlier. Like, it seems like both of you are very, you know, fired up for this fight. So, yeah, definitely excited to, you know, see it when it goes down. But, you know, I appreciate you making some time to, you know, come on the show and, 
talk, man. I guess I'm curious if maybe there's like any final parting thought you'd want to add as we're sort of wrapping things up here, DJ. Oh, uh, just uh, Rashad better, you know, be ready. You know, it, it, his days are numbered, and uh, I don't plan on a loss anytime soon. And I'm only getting better in this sport. You know, I, 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 my MMA feels like it's coming to a close, and this is just the start of Bare Knuckle. And uh, he just be, better be ready for a fight. Well, I mean, very exciting to hear that you're, you know, so excited about Bare Knuckle and everything like that. And yeah, just I've always enjoyed your fights and MMA and just cool to understand that you're looking to navigate even more Bare Knuckle going forward. And yeah, very excited for BYB 21. I'm thinking it'll be a great fight on October the 21st. And just to reiterate, appreciate you coming on the show, man, and looking forward to checking out that fight. But until then, you have a good rest of your day, DJ. All right, you too, man. Thanks.